No, you can take an alfalfa bale. Okay, and, and alfalfa hay. Okay, break it up. Uh, you want to spread it. You know, you don't want to just drop a bale off because mm-hmm. they're again back to your uh, diseases. Sure. Then they're all eating on the same bale in one spot. If you spread it out, then the deer can they can mingle and spread out on their own and, and eat their own portion. You know, just you don't have to go really big with it. Just kind of make a row. You know, say yeah. if you spread out a bale over uh, 40, 50 feet long. And then you can add some corn, uh, some protein pellets would be good. Just kind of a buffet. Camel boots of one on my feet, bow you know, in my hand. Walking in the early dawn to climb the Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. WiseEye Technologies presents Welcome to American Roots Outdoors. I'm calling via phone from the ATA show in St. Louis, Missouri, in the American Convention Center. And I've got a special show lined up for you guys. We're still talking about wildlife management. Wildlife management is crucial right now, this time of the year, for our critters that we have to keep alive. And we got a special guest with us joining us right now in segment one, Ryan McKinley of Legacy Farm and Land. This guy guides turkey hunts, deer hunts, a lot of waterfowl hunts, and this guy knows a lot about taking care of animals. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hello, good to be here. Yes, sir. What are you doing today, and where are you at? Well, I've been waterfowl hunting this morning in Missouri, and I'm for Kentucky. Yes, sir. Is it uh, cold down there? No, it's not bad at all. I got 50 on the gauge right now. Wow. Wow. But we it's got coming. cold temperatures it's coming. coming, Redbone. Yeah, and, and we might want to preface all that by, by saying that we are recording on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because by the time this show airs on Saturday, temperature is going to be near zero. Let's just kind of put that out there. But, uh, but yeah, land management. And I know we want to talk a little bit of football here, Alex, because we've got a big weekend, super wild card weekend. And we've had some discussion the last couple of days about the uh, the Chiefs and Dolphins game. So uh, if, if it's okay, I'd like to just go through the whole schedule for the weekend and, and you give me your prediction oh for every gosh. game. Oh, my gosh. We've got to talk football, don't we, Ryan? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, well let's go with it, Red Congratulations, yeah, let's to, Mich- congratulations to Michigan. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, for the win. yeah, and then Jim Harbaugh announces, or Harbaugh announces, he's leaving. Really, after the win? After the win, yeah. Uh, it, the word is he's probably uh, headed to the NFL, and there are six openings now in the NFL, including in New England, where Bill Belichick has announced that he's leaving. And of course, there's always uh, uh, Saban down in Alabama announced his retirement uh, from the Alabama I Crimson Tide, and I think Harbaugh might end up in Alabama. Too. You think you think Harbaugh will go to Alabama? I think that is a possibility. I bet he goes to the NFL. Hmm. Well, could be. Could More be. money. I don't know. Alabama pays a lot of money. Alabama plays a lot of money, and they're going to demand. Big colleges 
know, they're going to demand a really good head coach, and uh, our ball's a pretty good one. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, he's agreed. They played some good football this year. Um, I didn't keep track of them, but I watched their game against Alabama, and I watched their championship game, and yeah. those boys just played good football. Yeah. yeah yes, and despite- I want to talk about the Chiefs before right. we go into segment two and talking about wildlife management. And I know you're going to share your, your, your knowledge with us about managing for waterfowl, turkeys, and deer. But I want to talk about the Chiefs. You know, before I knew about this cold weather, I would have predicted, and Chiefs is my favorite team, and I'm sure it's probably yours too, Ryan, and yours, Redbone. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. But before this cold weather, I would think the Chiefs, but the way they've been playing, would possibly could have been beaten. But now that I know this cold weather's here, I think it's going to give them an advantage, Ryan Redbone. And and please share your thoughts uh, first, Ryan. You go first on the game. Well, with the Dolphins, you know, they're a southern team, and so they're not used to playing in cold like that. So that's going to be a factor, I believe. Exactly. And and so you're going to pick the Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs. I spread points. Prediction. Uh, I'm going to say 17 on the Dolphins and uh, 28 Chiefs. Redbone? Yeah, well, you know, because we talked about this on Wednesday, uh, that I'm picking oh, yeah, the Chiefs because of the cold weather. Yeah, Chiefs will beat the Dolphins. And, and, and even without the weather, I would have picked the Chiefs at home over the Dolphins because, remember, in the regular season, the Chiefs went down to Miami and they beat the snot out of the Dolphins. So, <laughs> been been there, done that. But, yeah, but I agree. But with I'm the cold weather, you're going to have to run the ball, and, and Miami has no running game, and they can't stop the run. They've proven that all season long. So Kansas City to win at home against the Dolphins, and I'm going to pick seventeen to three. Seventeen to three. Yep. I think it's going to be a low scoring game, uh, Ryan. Uh, don't mean okay. to disagree with you, but I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be pretty much a running game, mm-hmm. what I think. And I think. Uh, I, I think it will. I mean, there'll be some passing, but it's not going to be a crazy passing game. If it is, you know, I've been wrong before, but I think Chiefs are going to win. I think it's going to be probably 21 to 14. That's my prediction, 21-14. All right, well, let's real quick run through the other games. First game of the day on Saturday will be the Cleveland Browns in Texas to take on the Texans. Who you got there, Alex? I've got the Cleveland Browns. I think Cleveland Browns are playing too consistent, man. They've won a lot of games here lately. That's my prediction. I think the score on that uh be different weather. I think it could be 32-28. All right, Ryan. Ryan? I'm just going to back it up. Uh, I'm going to back up Alex on this and go uh, right there with him. Okay. Well, I'm going, I'm going for the Texans because they're playing at home. I still think Cleveland will beat them. Home field in the in the playoffs is huge. All right, let's, yep. go, to, let's go to Sunday. Uh, the first game of the day, Steelers at Buffalo to play the Bills. Bills all the way. Bills all the way to make Wayne Lott mad, but I don't care. <laughs> Bills right. are going to beat them. The Bills is another team that's played consistent. They've won seven in a row. Ryan? I'm going to have to go with the Steelers on this one just because oh! I'm, I'm a partial, partial Steelers fan. A lot of my friends are Steelers fans, so I'm going to have to go Steelers. 
Yeah, I would I would go Favorite with the uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Steelers as my upset of the weekend. Well oh my actually God. my second upset of the weekend. Steelers are playing really good right now. And the Bills uh, I don't know that consistency. First half of the year it wasn't there. They had to win seven in a row to get in. But uh anyway, I'm going Steelers over the Bills just because I'd rather see the Chiefs play the Steelers in the next round than the Bills. So all right, uh, second there game on second game on Sunday, the Packers are in Dallas to play the Cowboys. I'm going Cowboys. Oh. Ryan. Ryan. <sighs> I'm gonna go Cowboys because I, when I was when I was a young man, I was I was a Cowboys fan back in the um, Troy Aikman days. Okay. So I'm going Cowboys. All right, and I'm I'm picking the Packers because I absolutely cannot and will not ever ever pick the Cowboys to win anything. Uh, going all the way back to my days, going all the way back to my days as a kid when the Cowboys used to beat the, the big reds, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. I, I don't like them. Uh, got family members that are huge Cowboy fans. I'm not, uh, my heart says Packers. My brain says Cowboys. Let me put it that way. All right. And then on a okay. sun, Sunday night, the Rams are in Detroit to play the lions. I'm going lions. They're just really good. That offense, I don't think the Rams can stop them. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I'll agree on that. I'll agree with y'all. All All right. Then the Monday night game, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. That's a no-brainer. Philadelphia Eagles. All right, Ryan. Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I realize the Eagles have lost six out of their last seven games. I'm going Tampa Bay at home. Oh, my gosh. Well, see, here's the thing, Alex. Uh, A.J. Brown, probably not going to play their best wide receiver. And Jalen Hurts, they have announced, is hurt, and he is questionable for the game Monday night. So, mm. anyway, so there He'll we go. That's, that's football. He'll be back. Yeah. He'll be back. We need, to take a, uh, we need to take a break, and we'll be back with more on American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends in just a moment. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Cutting off the farm, wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while, like to load him in the back of my truck. We can take it to a holler. Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys. You ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits. Buckgrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactating doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer herd use buck grits across the creek up a big old hill year after year come on buck grits presents american roots outdoors radio with alex rutledge and friends Welcome back to the program, everyone. I'm the Red Bull Mike Grace. And um, Alex, as he mentioned in the last segment, is at the ATA show, and, and he got called away. So uh, we're going to continue on the show here with Ryan McKinley from Legacy Farm and Land. And, and Ryan, for the folks that don't remember from when you were on with us before a few months ago, uh, just tell people who is Legacy Farm and Land and who are you? Well, I'm Ryan McKinley uh, from southeast Missouri, where I originate. Um uh, I'm a broker with Legacy Farm and Land, auctioneer. 
Uh, we we sell farms. Um, we sell all kinds of real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, farms, acreage, homes, acreage, homes. Uh, we can do it all. We're a one-stop shop, uh, auction company, and real estate. So right. any kind of needs or questions about your farm, we're the people to call. All right, very good. And uh, and our topic today, and uh, we, we, we started on this last week, and uh, we were going to move on to something else this week, but with the weather coming in this weekend and next week, we thought it might be important to kind of reiterate some of the stuff, and that is land management and helping take care of your animals. And, uh, you know, heavy focus on land management for wildlife and, and other things, but um, I think we'll, you know, I think it's important to kind of touch on some things that we need to do to help our wildlife uh, when temperatures are down around zero at night and not getting out of the teens during the day like it's going to be for uh, the next few days at least, and we're still early in the winter, so it could happen some more. So, Ryan, let's start uh, with land management, and, and I know you all do some land management, and and uh, and part of what you do is uh, at Legacy Farm and Land is help potential sellers kind of get their property ready to put on the market. Am I correct in that? I mean, that's something that y'all like to do to help those guys maximize their sale. Absolutely. Um, you know, the correct the correct guidance uh, can be a big game changer when it comes sale day. Okay. Uh, or even if it's even we're not selling it, we can still help people guide them to get their property like they want it. Okay. So let's start at the beginning. I mean, what what is your know, A number one on your list when you go look at a piece of property and, and somebody says, I'd like to make my property more wildlife friendly. I mean, where kind of where do you stop? Where do you start? Your main two things, as always, are food source, water, and then you've got predators. Okay. Those are the main three things. And when it gets cold like this, you want to make sure that you've got a supplement. Uh, no different from your, your, your domestic animals at home, your dogs, cats, things like that. You want to try to keep them warm, make sure they have open water, food, things like that. Same with your wildlife. If you can have an open pond or uh, a good food, a wintertime, late season food source, just something for them to keep carbohydrates up, that's a major game changer. So it keeps them there, it keeps them comfortable, keeps their, their body temperatures up to, to get through a hard snap like we have coming this weekend. Yeah, and I would assume that, that in, in that mix, talking about helping to, you know, kind of help these wild animals. If you're building some kind of uh, wind breaks or wind barriers, I mean, that that would seem to me would be very important. You you can. Um, you know, a lot of times your animals, you know, they know where those, they can, they'll find a wind break in the timber. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, he'll, you know, the, what depends on the topography of your land. Sure. Uh, you know, um, uh, re, you know, rolling hills, they get down in those troughs. Uh, and stay out of that cold wind. Yeah, and another thing I think that would be important, uh, you know, this time of the year when we talk about you know, helping to protect, protect them a little bit from the snow, uh, something that gives you a, a heavy wintertime canopy or at least a portion of a property, and I'm talking, you know, pines, uh, pine trees, big cedars, I mean, things mm-hmm. that can kind of help those animals minimize the amount of time they have to spend in in the snow, and in, in heavy snow. Well, and you have, and you want to have multiple places like that set up, sure. Um, because that brings us into number three, uh, prime prime example. Um, if everything's congregated, all your all your wildlife is congregated in one area mm-hmm. for wind breaks, food, cover, shelter. Well, then your predators are going to be 
targeting those one specific area. Yeah. Whereas if you've got multiple spots set up on your property, that's going to change everything where he can, the, the predators can't move in and hunt your, hunt your herd on one spot. Yeah. And also help with the, uh, uh, the less likelihood that they spread disease. I mean, a lot that's of, right. a lot of animals, you yeah. know, in, in one area has become a major issue, a major headline, you mm-hmm. know, in the past few years. And it's, um, so keeping, keeping them spread out is always, is always for, for multiple reasons there. You're, um, just the health, the health of the herd all around. All right. So let's go back to the beginning of, of what you started here with number one, uh, and that is food source and, and food source is very important. Um, I mean, what would you recommend someone do to help with food source? Well, you know, everybody always is looking at corn. Um, corn is a, is a, a great supplement, but it's, it's, it's a lot of carbohydrates. Um, but there's no protein. So you want to make a mixture. You know, you need something to offset that. Um, so you can mix alfalfa. You know, especially say if you get a mm-hmm. snow, a big thick blanket of snow, uh, you can mix alfalfa. Um, you can still add your corn for carbohydrates, and that is that is, helps those deer tremendously. Okay, so are you talking about planting an alfalfa field or? No, you can take an alfalfa bale. Okay, and, alfalfa and hay. Okay, break it up. Uh, you want to spread it. You know, you don't want to just drop a bale off because mm-hmm. they're, again, back to your uh, diseases. Sure. Then they're all eating on the same bale in one spot. If you spread it out, then the deer, can they can mingle and spread out on their own and, and eat their own portion. You know, just you don't have to go really big with it. Just kind of make a row. You know, say sure. if the, you spread out a bale over uh, 40, 50 feet long. And then you can add some corn, uh, some protein pellets would be good. Just kind of a buffet instead of one specific food. Give them a give them a plethora. There you go. Yeah, and and I do want to also mention uh, where it is legal because there are some you know people in CWZ CWD zones you know not allowed to feed at all, which makes it really no, tough. Really tough. On absolutely. The herd. Always, always, always go back to your regulations and rules on yeah. what you can and cannot do. All right, so we got and, just about yeah just about a minute in this segment, and I want to talk yeah. a little bit about water source because that is so important. A lot of time people forget. These wild animals, they still need water, and ponds are going to freeze. In fact, a lot of them are going to freeze solid. Um, some people do put in the waters, uh, and we have streams and and rivers and things. But, uh, man, what can you do to make sure there's water out there? Well, you know, a lot of it depends on, on your property. Yeah. Um, if it's just a, a man-made pond uh, that you're catching rainwater on, it's it's going to be difficult to keep that open. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a spring-fed pond or if there is a spring on the property, um, you could maybe, you know, make an impoundment to catch some of that spring water, which will stay open 365 days a year. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and if you got a creek, just make sure the animals have got access to it. Right. Make get, make it easy for them. Mm-hmm. You know, so when, like when you're on a deer trail, a lot of times when I'm in the woods going, you know, if you see an easy way to go for yourself, you'll look down and you're on a game trail Yeah, because they don't want to walk through the brush no different than we don't. And so they're going to find the path of least resistance. So if you can help that path of least resistance to your food source and water sources, it's going to benefit your property. Absolutely. I agree. All right, folks, we're talking with uh, Ryan McKinley from Legacy Farm and Land about what we can do to help the wildlife and not just deer and turkeys, but all the wildlife out there. Uh, that are going to struggle here for the next week and 
you know, I haven't looked at a extended 10 or 14 day forecast, but uh, this next week is going to be really tough. Uh, we'll be back more American Roots Outdoors Radio in just a moment. Right here, right now, this is Chancy Walters listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge, the Ozark Herd Bull. And my old pair of hunting boots passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your heart, so you never got to worry. Hey guys, it's food plot planting time here in the Ozarks and all across the country. What are you planting this year, Wayne? I'm going to put some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover. You're going to put wait, some wait, extra wait. clover in it. What? Smorgasbord? What is smorgasbord? Man, it is a variety of annuals and perennials that will get you through fall time, winter time, and all the way into spring. It's awesome. You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord has everything. Your deer will love it. Eagleseed.com. American roots. Hornady Ammunition presents American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. I'm the Red Bull Mike Grace. We're talking with Ryan McKinley today about, uh, uh, and, and by the way, Ryan from uh, Legacy Farm and Land, and, and we're talking about land management, helping out the wildlife. And we've kind of done that here, Ryan. We've kind of focused in the last segment on, you know, helping the wildlife on our farms in this particular kind of weather. But let's kind of back up now, spend a few minutes here talking about just in the overall. And, and you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, food sources and water, things that you really work with, people that you work with to help get their, their land set up to help attract more wildlife. Are there some other things that you like to see people do or things that you look for in a property that, you know what, this place is going to hold the wild critters. We need, we need to get on this one. So uh, let's kind of open it up to, to you there to, to talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, that those are your main points. Um, you know, what you're, what you're doing with your land, um, you know, a lot of it depends on your, just the land itself. Mm-hmm. Just what, what did, what did God grant us with this piece of property? Um, the, the topography, uh, minerals, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that changes from farm to farm. Uh, all those things help, help in hard times like this, what's coming this weekend for your wildlife. Okay. Um. And then the, the the third thing is your predator control, which is which is a major factor. That's that's number two on food and water. That's number three after food and water. Yeah, predator control, and of course, if if someone you know doesn't want to take care of that themselves, I I, I would assume you would. I know it, I would if somebody asked me, and and I, I'm assuming that you would too. If somebody came and said, I got a predator problem, I can't keep deer, I can't keep turkeys on my farm, I can't keep anything on my farm, uh, my suggestion would be you need to reach out to some predator hunters. And there are people out there that absolutely love shooting coyotes and trapping bobcats and, and trapping other wild critters. I mean, am, am I wrong here? Reach out to the guys absolutely. in that community. It is. A, it, is a, it has become trapping and everything and and – Hunting predator hunting has become its own sport inside the world of uh, the outdoors. It has, and, so it's, those, and it's gaining momentum. Guys, they love it. Yeah, and they're, and they're, and it's gaining momentum again. And, and you know, back I remember back in the eighties, everybody that owned more than ten acres had coonhounds, had rabbit Absolutely. dogs, and and hunted 
I mean, every weekend spent, you know, running, running rabbits and, and every, every night, at least two or three hours spent catching coons. So right. then it kind of went away in the, in the early two thousands. And, and now it's kept making a comeback and the trappers, I mean, they're getting to be more and more and more. So in any community out there, there's going to be some guys that do that. All you got to do is start asking around. That's it. Get on your Facebook, um, search, you know, trapping, just you can put in trapping on Facebook and there'll be people that come up that are relatively close to you. Reach out to them, tell them you have a, uh, a coon problem or, uh, possums or coyotes, bobcats, whatever the case may be on your property and, and let them know that you're open to suggestions or possibly letting them come and do, do what they like to do to benefit your wildlife because, you can't hunt when when the when the wildlife is eating your wildlife. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly right. And and I know there are people out there who say, "Well, I don't want strangers coming onto my farm," and I can understand that. But keep in mind that that most of these predator hunters also are turkey hunters. They're deer hunters. They're stewards of the outdoors. That's kind of why they're doing what they do. And uh, uh, you know, they're going to come in and they're going to pro- you know they're going to protect your property and protect your privacy. And, uh, you know, and I think most of them, you know, some people I know fear, well, they're going to come back in deer season and they're going to go deer hunt my property. They're going to see my property. I don't think that's the case. I don't think there are many people out there that don't hunt property that they don't have permission to hunt. Right. Well, that, you know, a lot of that comes back to, you know, where I started in, in real estate and hunting land. Uh, a lot of it falls on liability. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people are worried, you know, it, it's a, it's a Sue happy world we live in and Joe goes out there, gets hurt, then he sues you and yep. nobody wants that. Right. So from a professional standpoint, if I were to allow someone to come and do that on my property, I would want at minimum a liability waiver and okay. maybe even proof of insurance if they have it. Um, but a liability waiver to say, I, uh, you're more than welcome to hunt on my property uh, for the, you know, predators. Um, but, you know, this, this exonerates me sure. from injury for your, you know, personal injury suits, things like that. Yeah, that's a really uh, good that, idea. Those are easy to do. That's It's not like it's some big contract. It's very simple. And a guy that is is true and means well We'll have no problem signing something like that for a landowner. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. And, and for those that maybe fear this guy might come back to, to turkey hunt or deer hunt, uh, you could also include that. This does not include deer Absolutely. hunting, turkey hunting. And, and, and again, the predator hunters, they, they do deer and turkey hunt, but they're going to respect that. And I, I think that you made a very good point there. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, I, and I hadn't actually thought of that, but yeah, getting some kind of a contract would be a really good idea. Yes. Just, you know, put a, say, you know, if, if they were going to do it from February through March, mm-hmm. um, just put that on the, put that on the paperwork, uh, you know, dates of when they're allowed to be there. Um, and that is what it's specifically for predator trapping slash hunting. Yeah. Um, and that way it's not a year contract. It's not anything like that. They have a specific time they can be there. And they're, you're, that way you have a, a liability waiver, things like that. And those guys are going to understand that. Sure, absolutely. So. Really great idea, folks. We're talking with Ryan McKinley from Legacy Farm and Land. Uh, now, 
uh, say somebody just buys a piece of property from you guys, and then he comes along and he says, uh, you know what, I've, I'm hoping this place has got a lot of deer on it. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm back to legacy farm and land. That's something that y'all then can go in and say, well, here's what you need to do. And I'd like you just to talk a little bit more about what you guys at Legacy Farm and Land do for those buyers uh, once they bought property and then the sellers as far as helping them to develop a little haven for the deer and the turkeys and the squirrels and the rabbits. We just, you know, it's all about habitat. It's all about what's here, um, having the cover. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have, you got to do some, um, yeah, you go in, uh, select you out some trees, um, you know, cut them chest high and let them fall. You know, you don't want to cut them all the way through. Just cut them about chest high and three quarters of the way where it'll fall over. So your tree top is on the ground. That gives you cover for your deers, turkey, uh, deer, turkeys, uh, your rabbits, things like that, because they need they need that brush. Um, if you look up through a wood and it's just nothing but tree trunks and leaves, there's nothing there to hide in. Yeah. Um, you need to go through, you can do that, that three quarter cut on, you know, just pick you out a couple trees per acre, mm-hmm. uh, and just, just top them down. Wow. Uh, yeah. And creating, br- I mean, rows of brush. I mean, if you do have the property cleared, I know a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, you like to cut up, you know, for firewood or let, you know, let people that, that do that or loggers come in, but then push all that brush up into piles along the edges. I mean, those brush piles, we don't see those so much anymore. Those brush piles, I think, are vital to all of these critters. Oh, they are. They are. And um, if you're, you know, if you're, you're cleaning up a piece of your property to, say, build you a, a lodge on or a cabin, uh, take all that brush and have them move it over to a specific area. Yeah. Instead of burning, there's no need to burn it. It, it will rot away naturally. Mm-hmm. And and just pile it up somewhere in a specific location, close to a bottleneck or uh, anywhere like that, where, where it's easy, accessible, and makes sense for the wildlife. Yeah, and and not to mention those leaves off of those uh, tops and and even the wood itself, when it does dissolve and, and does rot away, it becomes soil which is in there to help you grow more grass and Absolutely. grow you more hay. When it's or... all gone, you can go in there, plant Sudan grass, uh, yeah. you know, tall, tall, thick grasses, uh, Egyptian wheat, things like that, uh, that grows thick and tall, and that is good cover for everything. Absolutely. Uh, so, and that's, that's the key. That you absolute. can make an artificial, artificial habitat very simply, with a type of grass like Egyptian wheat or Sudan grass, uh, giant cane, things like that, just to make a barrier or an artificial habitat for wildlife. Very cool. We're out of time. All right, so, Ryan, thank you for being with us today. I know uh, uh, Alex had to kind of step out. He's at the ATA show having a good time. It sounded to me like when I talked to him on the phone that they had huge crowds. I think this is the first in-person ATA. Well, maybe last year they had one. Uh, but there for three or four years, you know, during the pandemic, there was no ATA show. So those things have gained popularity. Ryan McKinley, Legacy Farm and Land. We thank you very much for sharing a little bit of your expertise. And if people want to learn more about Legacy Farm and Land and some of these services that you offer, along with looking at real estate, where do they go? LegacyFarmlandSpecialist.com. LegacyFarmlandSpecialist.com. All right, 
Right. Thank you very much. Uh, stay warm. I hope you uh, uh, don't have to get out in this bitterly cold weather we're going to experience over the next few days. But, uh, and be careful. We'll talk to you again soon. Hey, I appreciate it. We're going to be duck hunting in, the, in between Kentucky, western Kentucky, and southeast Missouri. Good luck to everyone else, and stay warm. Hi, that's Ryan McKinley. I'm the Red Bull Mike Crace. We'll be back with our final segment of American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends right after this. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're hanging with me and my good buddy, Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Accurate, deadly, dependable. Hornady Ammunition, from a two-man operation in 1949 to a world-leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady, each piece is hand-inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly, simply put, the best. Hornady Ammunition. Find Hornady Ammunition at a retailer near you and at Hornady.com. Eagle Seed and Legacy Farm and Land present American Roots Outdoors Radio. Welcome back to the program. And we'll say a special thank you to Ryan McKinley from Legacy Farm and Land for joining us today talking about land management. And we kind of, you know, the last couple of weeks we've talked about land management kind of in the overall, uh, but we really kind of got specific today talking about this weather uh, that we're experiencing and we're going to experience over the next four or five days. And Ryan had some, some great ideas uh, to kind of help our wildlife. And Wayne Locke joins us now uh, from American Roots Outdoors. Wayne, uh, man, I, I know you you kind of come from this kind of weather, being from Ohio, but uh, we're not used to this kind of stuff here in the Ozarks. Uh, no, <laughs> you're not, that's for sure. And I always got a kick when we first moved down here that uh, how everything shut down when you got like an inch and a half or two inches of snow and <laughs> I'm like, well, wait, wait a minute. I, I used to, you know, 18 inches on a night, you know, getting dumped at 18 inches from Lake Effect snow to us was like just another Saturday. Yeah. Uh, so if I was like totally shocked when we uh, got down here and everything shut down. But, of course, you know, there's no snow removal equipment down here and, yeah. uh, that, uh, you know, we have up there. But, uh, you know, it, it does, as far as like wildlife management is concerned with cold weather, it doesn't matter if you're, up in Ohio, if you're in Pennsylvania, uh, Wisconsin, or all the way down here in the, the Ozarks, uh, a lot of the stuff that you do is all going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, and one of the, I wanted to bring up a couple of weeks ago because it was right after Christmas, and I didn't get a, a, I totally blanked on it, but everybody who had a live Christmas tree, mm-hmm. get that out in the woods. Put that out in the woods, put it along a field edge, because that is great cover for your small game, your rabbits, your quail, your pheasants, uh, they love to burrow into that. Not only does it help keep them out of sight from, like, you know, predators like not only mm-hmm. coyotes, spots, but also from owls and, and hawks that are above. Uh, they, you will find that they use that quite a bit, and it's a great nesting area. Those cedar trees, those pine trees and that, they last quite a while, uh, even when they're cut down. So yeah. they're giving protection out of the wind, out of the snowfall. Uh, you'll find that uh, if you go there a couple days after a snowfall, you'd be amazed the kind of tracks 
you will find going up into that uh, pine tree, you know, your Christmas tree or your cedar tree. Yeah, you know, and I think you make a really good point there because most generally in our part of the world, if you have a live Christmas tree, uh, most people either sink them into a pond or take them to the lake and put them in the lake because they make great bedding areas for the fish. Sure. Oh, yeah, and I, I don't want to discourage that either. <laughs> you know, but, right. But uh, I think for so many years, you can only dump so many pine trees in one spot <laughs> on your farm pond. Yeah, exactly right. But, yeah, I hadn't thought about doing that for, for habitat or cover. And also leaving, and, and I want to go back to uh, my great Uncle Herman. Uh, I, I deer hunted on Uncle Herman's farm for a, a, a few years, and we'd go out walking. Uh, you know, looking for trails and whatever, and he always carried these, these uh, pellets that are good for killing uh, trees that have, that have developed wood. Uh, and every time he came across a cedar tree, he would bury one of those poison pellets under that cedar tree. And I'm like, what are you doing? He says, cedar makes your property look bad. Said, if you if you got cedar trees, that means you got bad soil. And that was just something he believed. He believed it wholeheartedly. But uh, you know, leaving a few cedars around, I mean, this goes back to what you just talked about with, with putting the old Christmas trees out. A few cedar trees on your property does give some cover for a lot of your small birds and then animals that can get under those things when it snows, rabbits, squirrels, turkeys, whatever the case may be. Yeah, and it wasn't just him that, that believed that it brought your property value uh, value down because when we first got our property, we had someone come out and you know, we were walking around my property and one of the first things they said is, man, you got too many cedar trees here. You need to get rid of these. Yeah. And my thought was, you know, being in Ohio, we love having cedar trees because of the protection mm-hmm. that it gave the peasants, especially peasants and rabbits. So I was really puzzled. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I've never heard that before. But, so yeah, it wasn't just him that said it. I've had people tell me on my property the same thing. So what I did on my property over the last two years is I just went and I head cut my cedar trees. So instead of them being go 12 feet, 15 feet tall. Mm-hmm. Now they're laying on the ground. You only cut your cedar tree halfway gotcha. and then let it fall over. That, that cedar tree will stay alive. I got one cedar tree I cut down five years ago, and it's still alive. Yeah, and Ryan, it's laying completely yeah and Ryan McKinley talked about that. Like in a, in a wooded area, uh, if you want to create some uh, cover or habitat, you know, just cut a tree off about chest high and let it fall and just cut it through like three-fourths of the way. So it'll just fall one direction, and then those tops lay on the ground with the leaves and everything, and, and that does create some some habitat as well. So, yeah, always, a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of stuff out there, uh, uh, Wayne, that people can do that doesn't cost a lot of money. I know sometimes people think, oh, land management. I don't have the resources to do stuff like that. Well, if you got a chainsaw and some chainsaw gas, like you said, you know, just kind of cut those cedars in half and let them lay over. Um you want to take a couple of trees per acre. That's what Ryan suggested, a couple of oak trees per acre. Cut them off about chest high. Just let them, you know, and cut them off three-quarters of the way through. Let them fall. And then you're creating habitat for your wildlife, and it hasn't cost you really anything. Exactly. I, I'm a big proponent of edge cutting. I've done it for years on my hunting property in Ohio, and I've been, I've been doing it on my property here. And you can also use it if you're strategic enough and you have an aerial map you can find, like, if you walk your trails, like, after the season's over, find out where these deer are going in that. You can actually change and steer your deer mm-hmm. by just following a tree over the trail they're using, make them, you know, go a different route, and you'd be surprised what you can steer into your food plot. Yeah, and right now I also talked about uh, water. And, of course, you know, when everything's going to freeze at zero degrees this weekend and first part of next week, 
uh, you know, water becomes a real issue for these for these critters. And, and um, of course, there's just not a whole lot you can do. Your farm pond's going to freeze. There's just not a whole lot of things you can do about that other than go out and bust it up every day and hope that it doesn't freeze solid uh, before you can get to it. Uh, but he said if you have a creek, make sure that there's easy access for those animals to your creek. Because a lot of times, yep. access you know, along the creek, because you can only bush hog so close up to the edge of a creek. But make sure you've got easy access to your creek if you've got one run through your property. And then that becomes a place possibly to put a tree stand come next fall because those deer are going to take the easy access to the watering hole. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's going to happen to, like, them jump down into the creek if you've got too much of a steep incline. Yeah. With that tractor blade to use that you got in the back of your tractor there, grade it out a little bit, make mm-hmm. it go just a nice walk down, get a little sip of water. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's funny that, like you said, people think you need either major equipment or, you know, so cost so much money to do little things. But, man, it's some of the littlest things and it's a little bit of time that uh, make, can make such a big difference in improvement on the property, no doubt. Yeah, and right. So, and now we're coming upon predator hunting time. And, you know, the predators, they're not dumb. If they see an area that is has a potential for holding rabbits, mm-hmm. uh, birds, things like that, they're going to key in on that area. And, and I've got a perfect example of that. I just sent Eddie Owens the last two days here uh, pictures off of my one food plot where I've got these three giants. I mean, I'm talking to these are the biggest uh, coyotes I've ever had on my property. They're coming in every single night to this mm-hmm. field. And mm-hmm. wife goes, why, why are they keying on that field? And I said, I can tell you exactly why. Because two weeks ago, the, the uh, right, the, I think it was a couple days before Christmas, I went in there and I hedge cut a bunch of cedar trees, yeah. all within probably 25 yards of that food plot, all that circled the whole food plot. They know that that's where those animals are going to be hiding. So they're now keying in on that food plot. Yeah, of course, yeah. I gave my, my big invitation to Eddie. <laughs> okay, come on out. <laughs> Well, and that's exactly where, and we're out of time for, for this segment. But on the bonus segment, uh, I want to talk about, because uh, Ryan and I talked about it a little bit earlier in the show, about uh, if you have a predator problem, how to get rid of it. And uh, we'll talk about that on the bonus. But, Wayne, tell people real quick uh, how they can, and we got to be really quick here, uh, how they can find the bonus segment. Real simple, just go to your favorite podcast here. If you've got an Apple phone, just go to, you type in the word podcast in your search bar. Apple Podcast will pop up if you're on an Android phone. Just type in podcast, and uh, most likely you're going to get uh, one of your uh, either Google Podcasts uh, or one of the other ones that are come automatically on your uh, Android phone will pop up. Just click on that, open up, uh, type in American Roots Outdoors, and click like, subscribe, follow, whatever it asks you to do, and we'll get not only this year, but believe it or not, Redbone, we're on six years now. We're starting for our podcast. Our podcast, wow. uh, all right, folks. Yeah, and hopefully have another six. All right, uh, that's going to wrap it up for today on American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and friends. I'm Red Bull Mike Crace and uh, Wayne, as we always say here at American Roots Outdoors. When your roots run deep and strong, there is no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station.
deer hunters, are you looking for an easy-to-use product to help enhance your food plots and enhance the health of your overall deer herd? You need to check out Soil Pro Outdoors. They are the soil health experts. They've developed a revolutionary and groundbreaking approach to taking food plots to the next level. It's easy to use. can be applied with something as simple as a handheld sprayer. Enhance antler size, the health of your herd, and the health of your soil. Soil Pro Outdoors help produce the highest quality forage possible. All natural approach to improving soil health. Find them on Facebook at Soil Pro Outdoors. Soil Pro Outdoors, the soil health expert. What we do from a whippoorwill to an old house who sitting still till it's time to shoot American roots. Take it to a holler. Take it to a field. Across the creek. Soil Pro and Legacy Farm and Land present American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. The bonus segment. I'm the Red Bull Mike Grace. Wayne Locke is with us today. Alex is at the ATA show in St. Louis. And uh, Wayne, I talked to Alex on the phone a couple of times this morning and talked about Thursday, which is the opening day of the ATA show. And man, it was busy, busy, busy. So, uh, matter of fact, he couldn't get he couldn't get away from the Buck Grits uh, booth long enough to be with us on the show today. That's why Alex uh, was only around for a couple of minutes. Anyway, I'd like to continue from where we uh, dropped off on the radio show, and that is with predators. I know we're probably going to have Eddie Owens and some of the other predator hunting guys that we know uh, on here over the next few weeks talking about predator hunting. But we were talking to Ryan McKinley from Legacy Farm and Land uh, about that and the fact that a lot of people are uncomfortable letting people come onto their farm and predator hunt uh be it because they're afraid they might get sued if somebody gets hurt or that person might come back you know to deer hunt you know there might be a misunderstanding uh on what actually they were given permission to do and ryan brought up a really good point is that was put together not really a contract but an agreement with that predator hunter you know i'm you know you are allowed to predator hunt february 1st through March the 10th or whatever the dates may be, this does not include fall deer hunting or spring turkey. I mean, what's your thoughts on that as, as some kind of an agreement just to make sure that everybody is on the same page? Yeah, that's, and I, I am 100% for that. Uh, and I'm, I hate always reverting back to things in Ohio because everybody's down here in Missouri, but and you can get these online. But one of the things that Ohio did is on the back of their uh, hunting handbook, they had a landowner permission slip that was built into their handbook on the very last page. There you go. They just ripped that out, and on there it gave the it had the landowner's name, address, the property uh, of the place you were hunting. It's different than the landowner's address, you know, home address, uh, and listed on there species allowed to hunt. It was specific on that, and then the landowner would write down exactly what he's allowing that hunter to hunt. It had dates from this date to this date. He's allowed to be here. Uh, it was very specific, and it also talked about liability issues. You know, if you trip yep. over this or if you fall down or if you put a hang a tree stand, basically you're on your own on that. That You know, he is exempt from liability. Um, and it, it was a great contract that they put into the back of the handbook, and it was something that a lot of landowners, you know, you've knocked on doors before, like, you know, as old-timers, we'd knock on doors and be like, you know, do you mind? And if they had a bad experience from a hunter mm-hmm. before, they generally would never give hunting permission again. Yeah. Uh, and I ran into that a lot, and 
you know, I always tell people, just don't give up the door knocking. Uh, let them know, hey, I've got this uh, contract here. You know, it'll, it'll make sure that you're not going to be liable. It allows me to only hunt this. Um, and we talk about, you know, one of the things we're talking about now mm-hmm. is the future here quickly is predator hunting. Yes. But that is one way to get your foot into a door of a piece of property because nobody likes predators. Most landowners do not. Nobody, I don't know a landowner that says, man, I wish I had more coyotes on my property. <laughs> you know, I, I've exactly. never met one yet. There might be one out there, but I have never met one yet. Well, the, the only one that would be would be one that was also a predator hunter. So. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a trapper. Uh, you know, he probably wants them. But, yeah. um, you know, it's one thing. It, it gets your foot in the door. And if you show yourself and prove yourself that you abide by the rules, you know, you close gates when you're supposed to. You only show up when, on hours that you agree to show up. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see that you're a responsible hunter and you take everything very serious, you'd be shocked if you go back to the following season or the next coming season of whatever you're trying to hunt, knock on the door and say, hey, you know, I, I took out so many coyotes on, on you, foxes, raccoons, whatever it was. You know, would you mind if I do, uh, you know, two weekends, uh, you know, turkey hunting here this spring? Sure. You'd be shocked, most guys, if they're not using the land themselves for turkey hunting, you proved how responsible you are, they'll mm-hmm. probably give you permission. Yeah, you know, another thing I've always professed uh, for, for years and years and years, that if you do hunt on someone's property, uh, a good way to help pay them back is to offer to help if they need to mend some fence on down the road or, uh, you know, just whatever you could do to kind of help them around the farm. Just say, hey, you know what, you let me predator hunt, I'd be glad to come back this spring, help you haul, uh, you know, first cut of hay or uh, put some hay right. in the barn or, or, you know, anything anything to help them out. And uh, I know that that's a whole other subject because we've kind of been talking about wildlife management here. But, uh, but anyway, the predators... I mean, that's a major part of it. And we're just trying to help here uh, for the predator hunters and the landowners a way to to make everybody come together and help try and minimize the number of predators that are out there in the woods. Now, the predators, uh, Wayne, do serve a very important purpose. We don't want to eliminate them all because they're part of the food chain and they're part of helping to keep our woods clean and, you know, clean up alongside the highways. We, we never want to eliminate all the predators, but we do not want them to be overpopulated. Right. And if you have an overpopulation, there's one thing about uh, predators, especially like coyotes and foxes. They're only going to produce the amount of cubs that mm-hmm. the land can hold. Exactly. Uh, if you have an abundance of, of wildlife, you will have large litters of, of these pups being born. Yep. If you don't, you're going to have small litters. But, you also, like you said, you want to keep them in check. I have no problem if there's a coyote den, uh, you know, on my neighbor's property, and they have some pups, and, uh, you know, I'm finding that all of a sudden, like now, I'm getting, all of a sudden, I'm getting way more coyote pictures that I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call somebody, man, like Eddie Owens, have him come in, take out a few of them, and like you said, I'm not looking to eliminate them. I'm not trying to get rid of everyone. Right. But if I all of a sudden have way more than I'm supposed to, guess what? I'm not going to have this spring. Yeah. I'm not going to have turkeys that are going to feel comfortable coming onto my property knowing that there's something way more predators out there than there should be. Yeah. And uh, and the other thing is finding someone. And, you know, if we've talked a farmer into it today on the show, thinking, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find somebody. Uh, that's pretty simple to do. And Ryan McKinley said, you know, just post on your Facebook looking for somebody to take some coyotes off my property, and you're probably going to start getting phone calls immediately. So social media is great for that. Or go to the local coffee shop or your buddies, you know, that that hunt and say, hey, 
I'm looking for somebody who likes to hunt predators or looking for somebody to do some trapping on my property to help get rid of predators, you will find somebody. All you got to do is just let it be known that you want some predator hunters to come in or even a trapper to come in and do some trapping on your farm. Oh, yeah, you ain't kidding. I, social media, that is the way to go. I, I can almost guarantee. And there's plenty of, uh, like, there's Missouri uh, predator hunters. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Facebook page. There's a, uh, I think there's even a Southeast Missouri predator hunter, Southeast coyote hunter, something like that, Missouri yeah. coyote. You make one post on there, <laughs> you probably <laughs> want to turn your phone off or change your number because you're going to have so many people calling you. Which is great to see because, you know, for a while there, nobody would wanted to do it because there's just no money in it anymore. Right. There's no value in it anymore. Yeah. But now with these um, these predator hunting contests that some of these hunt clubs and these gun clubs or these gun shops are, are running, there's now, there ain't value in the fur anymore, but there's value in, hey, if I can get 12 coyotes in a weekend, I could win this contest. Mm-hmm. The contest price is $1,000. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. there's a reason to go out. And now I did you help control the population, but you're putting money back in your pocket yeah, to there you know, go. Uh, apply to the wife, you know, why I needed to be gone all week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Wayne, thank you very much for uh, being part of the show today, and uh, we'll look forward to doing it again next week. And, uh, folks, we thank you for listening to the bonus segment of American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and friends. And uh, remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there is no reason to fear the wind. In my old pair of hunting boots Passed on down Planted deep in the ground Around your heart So you never gotta worry hey.